Hi, welcome to Season of the Witch podcast, a horror podcast where two horror-obsessed English teachers talk about horror in all its shapes and forms. I am Leah, and with me is my co-host, Ellie, and we're going to do our second episode today, and we are going to focus on one specific topic, but before we get into that, um, did you have any any thoughts about our intro episode or any any feedback you heard or anything anything you wanted to share or talk oh, about? With I that? just I I just wanted I just wanted to talk about what 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 did you think? <laughs> I mean, what did I you like what made you cringe. My voice always makes me cringe. I right. don't like my voice. I don't but think anybody likes. It's because it doesn't sound the same to you when you hear it as it does to other people i think oh yeah no no no. that yeah my students informed me of that um i think it was fine it was okay (laughs) i enjoyed the conversation i didn't listen to the whole thing in in feedback um in recording i listened to parts of it but i i was happy with the memories of our conversation (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's a lot of things i was like what was i talking why did i say (gasps) you know there's there's some little sound glitchy things that we're working out and yes i think it'll all kind of fall into place what are you gonna do eventually you don't have those early scratchy poppy crappy episodes then you know yeah it seems like everybody does right you have (laughs) to have that you have to have that to look back on fondly remember remember when it sounded like crap the old days so have you, what are your, any new horror things that you've seen or watched or read in the last, since we last recorded? Not, well, not new to me, um, but um, we've kind of since quarantine began, that's been sort of a thing that my, my kids and I will do sometimes as we go horror movie night and um sometimes I'll let them pick sometimes I don't um <laughs> to give them the education of horror sometimes yes yeah, sometimes we'll go you know we'll like pick a few different like uh trailers and be like here's this one here's choice a choice b choice c you know and kind of mm-hmm. do this so um so last night we watched Carrie the original Carrie ah. 1976 Carrie my dog is chasing my cat so i'm just going to apologize if you hear it's atmosphere okay cool creepy skittering is all good creepy skittering yes um (laughs) and yeah so we so we watched carrie and that was super fun and and it was um and it was just fun too to kind of go and you know this is what you know Yep, this is what PE shorts looked like in the seventies, and this wore knee what, socks with them. Yeah, it's like, oh no, yes, her her gym teacher absolutely could get away with slapping that girl. <laughs> you know? What and did just, what did your kids think of it? They liked it. Charlie more, um, but um, but my younger one had not hadn't seen it, but she's been all like, yeah, she thought it was get into it. And uh, she thought it was she thought it was good. She thought it was mm-hmm. good, and they they both liked the, um, they both definitely felt that like Piper Laurie was bananas, 
they're like the mother is so crazy i'm like I yeah know she's that. she <laughs> like, is no aunt m in return to oz i don't know if you knew that she is isn't she? <laughs> she is yeah i don't think she's i've ever so seen her in anything else than those two movies did you not, did you not watch twin peaks no <gasps> in twin peaks. i she watched in like peaks. an episode of twin rad. peaks oh no no she's piper laurie's the business no she's cool um so we watched that it was fun and then um then a couple nights but before that with my older just my older child uh my 14 year old um we watched rocky horror picture show was that their first <laughs> time they- watching it <laughs> oh goodness and i'm trying to explain the different i mean they know the songs they know all the mm-hmm. you know they know the different but they never actually sat down and watched the whole thing and and they were like i think this might be better than scott pilgrim <laughs> and that and and i was like wow because that was funny. like high praise so that was so that was super fun i was and, friends uh, with some rocky horror picture show people in high school and i was like the not the non-rocky horror picture show person but like Mm -hmm. i was adjacent to their love of it adjacent yeah yes we have anywhere around where you could see it like when i was in high school i had to really see it out uh in i think it was in balboa or something here i think that was where it was somewhere it might have been balboa or definitely newport Newport. yeah but yeah, I was trying to explain all the, I'm like, and here is where here you, you throw toast. In. Here you throw toast, a toast. Here's where you throw rice and you squirt, shoot a squirt gun into the air and then hold newspaper over your head to simulate rain, you know? And they're like, oh my God. I'm like, no, it's elaborate. Yeah. My I'm friend like, actually acted in it. There's a whole second script, you know? Yeah. I think like, she was dressed like, um, columbia that was the person she liked to dress like nice. and that per- their person to act out columbia was sick or something and they pulled her up and had her acted out so she was very nice. happy about it Hell yes. she's a very proper young lady but not really but she looked like one <laughs> nice yes so it was so for my you know very queer 14 year old it was just like <laughs> ever. and i was like uh-huh, you're welcome that's so cool so i watched Sator, sator and i don't think i would recommend it unless you are kind of a horror completionist maybe i don't know it (laughs) wait what is it complete i don't know okay it's by a guy named jordan graham and it was filmed in a very like he filmed everything himself. Like he did everything himself other than act the whole movie because he's just in one part. But okay. it took about six years to make. And Crap. yeah, and it has some really interesting things in it, but it just didn't quite pull it off for me. It was just a little too inscrutable. And like mm-hmm. I've said, I enjoy inscrutable, but it was too inscrutable i couldn't like piece it together it's one of the few movies i've ever had to turn on subtitles when it's in english because i could not understand what anyone was saying because they mumbled everything Uh, i couldn't tell who the characters were like how they were related and the story did eventually kind of fold out but it took a really long time to kind of answer those questions and maybe that's the beauty of it and i just didn't appreciate it but what i did like was it did this thing that i've seen in a couple movies like hereditary and in relic which came out recently 
not the old relic with like the museum but like a newer movie called relic no, the no, metaphor no, no. of like dementia as like mm-hmm. a horror like a haunting or a horror item or a demon or something and i think that was like mental illness or fam- familial mental illness being passed down was kind of a theme mm-hmm. in this and there's this like forest demon it looked pretty creepy it had like horns and stuff and it would show up and be scary like an animal mm-hmm. head like a horse head kind of um so that was pretty creepy and i, I think it had interesting things to it it just i couldn't quite get it all together mm-hmm. but the scary thing about it is really that he went to go film with his grandmother or something and then she started talking about how she had been talking to some demon named Seder and then like doing As recordings do. and then so he incorporated that into his movie and his grandma's actually in it playing this part talking about this like creature named Sator that she like communed with or something so it's very weird I don't know it's worth maybe watching if you're really interested in like somebody who might do something bigger like with his next yeah. film like I feel like yeah. this is like a festival-y type thing and maybe someone would give him more funding and maybe he could have someone like maybe help with the script <laughs> help with the script a little um to make sure it's yeah. a little bit more palatable a little bit more clear yeah to kind of put those ideas in, in a way that's a little bit easier to understand but it seems like it was probably like a passion project too that he was you know has been working on forever so i don't know it was it was definitely interesting mm-hmm. i don't regret watching it but i wouldn't necessarily recommend it so that's <laughs> pretty much it i think for newer things that aren't related to our topic mm-hmm. at hand for me this week is busy school week but our topic this week is going to be dolls and horror scary dolls mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we kind of Scream thought maybe dolls. dolls and toys but i think i just focused on dolls mostly i don't know about you puppets well, no, and here's, dolls here's the thing that that was what uh, that was when i started thinking well, well it, it it is just dolls mm-hmm. oh, you know there's there's no haunted, haunted train truck. there's no haunted <laughs> legos you know what i mean there's the monkey with the symbols okay yeah i used to have one of those those things and i wanted it purely because they're creepy as fuck but um it's a little hat but yeah but like those are still kind of the outliers and that Mm -hmm. was thing like i was realizing i was like well there isn't yeah yeah (laughs) i agree it's I think that's why it's own thing and yeah so weird did you have any thoughts about like why we as a a human population kind of find dolls scary well there's there's a bunch of different things I actually there was um well there's a couple different things I mean I think part of it is because they are a thing that goes so far back like Mm -hmm. like they go back to ancient ancient civilizations there's like dolls even even if they're like rudimentary or whatever right and you know and sometimes those are and sometimes those are for play sometimes those have like symbolic things sometimes they are and sometimes they are are used in like religion or like ritual and it's kind of 
I think part of what's creepy is that like because we kind of know that there's both things yeah like we just we like really compartmentalize it it's like you compartmentalization achievement unlocked (laughs) you mentioned that to me and then I kind of had went into research a little bit on that and I kind of had this epiphany with that and that like in the ritualistic aspect it seemed mostly associated with women uh-huh. and like the power of, of the female, which is sort of inherently scary and part of horror in general, a lot of times, like, so that idea of it being associated with magic or power or witchcraft or ritual and mm-hmm. being part of the feminine kind of, I think maybe is, is part of what creeps people out. And we can talk a little bit more about that later. Or do you want to get into it now? The like kind of ritual aspect. Well, you know, I mean, like you were saying, that just there is that that the the feminine. There's the socialization part of it, but then, but then there's also that yeah, that sort of like magic part, and it's like they can't decide. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's cool- like that's oh, the sorry. only thing I can think of that we're like we're chill with that you know like on the one hand we're like oh my god dolls are so scary on the other hand we we market them very heavily yeah so I found a little cool nugget of information historically it was on this blog called barbie um, dot umw blogs.org and it was I think a barbie blog but there was an article or a page on like the history of dolls and they talked about in ancient Greece girls having dolls And they were often sculpted to look like um, gods or goddesses. And the girls played with them until they got to be about 13 or 14 when they were readying themselves for marriage. And then they often then sacrificed their dolls. And then you gave that up. But not just give it up. Like they they had like like a sacrifice of their dolls. Like they gave their dolls to like a, a goddess and they prayed to the goddess to help protect them in their marriage. And I didn't look to see like what they cited to reference that, but that was what they were talking about in that blog post, which I thought was super interesting and kind of goes with that because it has both the comfort aspect and the practical, like playing house and being a comfort, a companion, something to help you socialize and pretend to be like a mother or whatever. And then you also have um, the ritualistic aspect incorporated into it. So that kind of like mesh those two things together pretty, pretty neatly. Yeah, um, definitely. Which I thought was cool. And then the other ones that I looked at were like ancient Egypt. Mm-hmm. They were burying like little figurines with a dead person to be their helper in the afterlife. And that's part of that. Yeah, I mean, all this stuff in the pyramid, you know, is there to like be there in their yeah. afterlife. So the doll are is like there- a helper. Yeah, are there are there other cultures besides the Egyptians that did stuff like that? Because that sounds really familiar. I don't know. I want to say that that's like a. See, now I should look that up. I don't know. But I want to say that that is is a fairly common practice. And then the, to add to that, as that progressed, eventually the dolls were sort of made to look like their owners and to represent the life story of the deceased person as well. So they would have lots of them in there, but it started out as like a helper thing. Um, and then, then you also have like Native American, like Kachina dolls, which are part right. supposed to represent the, like the literal or the invisible representation, like of their invisible God. 
Right. Not, so not the invisible representation, but the representation of an invisible God. Um, right. So it's a figure, but it's also part of their ceremony and religion. And um, the thing that I was focused on a lot too was, and this is definitely more, um, it's like a mystery. They don't really know what these were used for, but they were Cycladian fertility figures. They assume they're fertility figures. And they're from like, like pre, you know, ancient Greece, I think. Mm -hmm. And they look kind of like aliens. They have these elongated faces and they're always like sort of slim with their arms crossed. And there are lots of different sizes that they find and they'll find, they found caches of them that are broken that look like they're intentionally broken or they're broken and then the legs are smoothed down so that they can still be like, they were still used or something after they're, they were broken at the knees and then the knees were smoothed and polished. Um, and they don't really know and they've spread a long period of time. They look very modern. So like by today's standards, people, they look almost like, like modern art. Yeah, like stylistic. Uh-huh. And it kind of um, is interesting and to think of them as- fertility thing, why would it be long slim? and thin? I don't know. Yeah. It's so weird compared to like the Venus of Willendorf or something. Right, because they're usually, you know, have like the, the, the belly and the boobs and the yeah. whole thing. It's like- I don't know. It's, it's, they don't really know where they came from. They don't have enough context to know what they are. They feel like they were probably ritualistic, but they might've also just because one of the things that the article said was just because they were found in a a grave, doesn't mean that was the only thing they were used for and that they were probably part of people's lives in some aspect, either ritualistically or as like ornamentation or something like that. So I find them kind of fascinating. Like when I was studying art history, I really loved the ancient Greek stuff and the pre, uh-huh. like just all that stuff was really fascinating to me. I didn't like the more modern half of the survey class. <laughs> I like the archeological half of it, Yeah, but I, I think of those as kind of doll-like figures. And then the other thing that I don't know anything about really are like corn dollies from ancient, like from Britain. Mm-hmm. And I would love to know more about those and how they're used ritualistically. But I did read a really creepy book that was sort of a retelling of Rumpelstiltskin in like the industrial age in England with like Ooh. magic, it was called a curse as dark as gold. And it had like, it featured like poppets and corn dollies and like creepy witchy things. Right. right. Which, you know, the poppet with like the crucible and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, exactly. You see that. Yeah. All over the place and stuff like, yeah, where they're like, well, there's witchcraft because there's yeah. Yeah, <laughs> A poppet. There's a poppet. It's meant to be this person, meant to be, meant to be that person, like yeah. a voodoo doll. Exactly, and that's and that's the thing. Yeah, that's and that's the thing too. Is like there's such they're they're so tied together, right? You mm-hmm. kind of can't you can't separate the thing from like its history and the different things it's you know been used for. But somehow we just sort of compartmentalize that and. And we've made peace with it. <laughs> you have American Girls on one hand, and then Coraline on the other hand, <laughs> right? Because I didn't even think about Coraline until right we, now. I know but we are a Coraline house for yes, sure. Yes, absolutely. For sure. I have a signed copy somewhere. Shut up. Seriously? Yeah, I got. I did get to meet Neil Gaiman one time at a Comic Con when uh, um, before the Coraline movie came out. Uh-huh. and he was super nice he looked very tired though looked exhausted and he Sometimes ever signed I think that's just his look though yeah. 
I either signed that or he signed Stardust. I don't remember which one I had, but I did ask, I did tell him my students and I loved reading Coraline and he told me to go to the big, big hall for the, for a trailer that was going to show. And Uh, um, we talked a little bit about it. He was super sweet and I was very lucky. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So Coraline definitely has the kind of voodoo doll sort of aspect to it too. Right. And, and that's, yeah. There's something Mm -hmm. about a double, a doll that's a double of you. That's very scary. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And that again, kind of goes back to that whole magic thing because that's, yeah, that's what they, you know, if it's, if it's meant to look like you, well, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is that for? Exactly. You know, yeah. And if it has button eyes, it's even right? scarier. The other aspect I was thinking too of just why their dolls scare us is, I mean, just the basic uncanny valley thing of being like almost like human, but not quite. Yeah. And as things approach and looking more and more lifelike, they become more and more disturbing to humans. Exactly. There was actually an article that I was looking at. This was, um, it was a vice article actually and it was about yeah the psychological reason why why dolls freak you out and that was one of the things that they one of the things that they mentioned was yeah that um because you're bringing the face recognition thing that's like your first you know one of your first things you do you know even as like a mm-hmm. newborn um and so we're just hardwired to look for faces and so we see that, you know, we see that we see a doll face and everything in our brain goes, that is real. But then there's part of our brain that goes, no, it's not. Get <laughs> away. It has Danger. All the features. <laughs> yeah. It has all the, it has all of the, the same thing. Like you're, you're seeing all the things you should see. And there's no, there, there, you know, there's mm-hmm. no life behind those eyes. And like the so, Polar Express movie. <laughs> oh, that's so upsetting. That, that's yeah. very upsetting. And so it's it's the it's the contrast. That's what makes our brains just kind of go, you know, Which is, and, and cringe. That's kind of funny because I was always a doll kid and I loved dolls. I was a little dolly girl, but I did never and didn't ever have any interest in like large dolls like the ones that are like life size and they've never been very popular. If you think about it, like they're, they're That's around, true. but like people don't the, seem like to the four foot Barbie yeah. and stuff. Like they're that. not That's very popular. True. And I don't think they ever have been really. And I think it's because it's too, like too much too close. Yeah. Just, I never wanted one. I think I had one and I didn't like it. I remember. Yeah. But like, they just give me the creeps. Like the, the bigger they are, the creepier they are. Mannequins are creepy to me. Oh yeah that's yeah like yeah. no thank you mm-hmm. and then but the I other watch that twilight zone over and over <laughs> again oh my god i love that i one. need to watch that again there actually is a criminal minds episode called i think it's called the uncanny valley where the killer and it's probably not aged very well um like a lot of things like that right. but the killer is someone with like intellectual disabilities uh-huh. that had been abused and she basically was like capturing women and like drugging them to be her like living dolls uh-huh. and like dressing them up for tea parties and everything <laughs> and it was really just a sad episode to me because you mm-hmm. felt bad for the, the the woman who was doing it because she'd been abused and she was like mentally disabled um 
And then of course, the, one of the women has diabetes and needs her diet, you know, her insulin. Cause that's always right. the case. It's like Chekhov's diabetes. We're like, if anyone mentions like diabetes in the beginning of a movie or a story, they have to have imminent danger with it. That or an inhaler. If they have asthma, remember this Chekhov's inhaler. Uh So, um, so I was thinking of that episode because it is creepy. The imagery is creepy. And then there's another one that Matthew Gray Goobler, I think directed, he always directs the really creepy ones where they, there's like somebody who's like a living puppet, like, and Brad Dourif of course is in it. And he's like this creepy, like guy who's trying to turn people into like living puppet, like living marionettes. And he like breaks all their bones and like, so that they can move with the marionette thing. And they play a nursery version of a Pixies song during the like little scary routine. It was like wrecked for me. I think it's, where is my mind? And it's like the, the kids, like, you know how you can buy the lullaby song for me, but yeah, but it has to be, it has to be their version. Yeah. Yeah, It's this lullaby version that you can get like, which I have, like I have lullaby, the cure and like the Pixies and stuff for the boys for me more than for the boys, but yeah, that was a Pixies song playing in that part. I remember and it was creepy, (laughs) very creepy. (sighs) So what? is your background because you have an interesting background with dolls tell us about your your doll history interesting background with dolls is that i inherited a not not huge but not small uh antique doll collection (laughs) um that was originally my grandmother's and then when i was probably i don't know six or seven um she was not in great health so she decided well you know time to pass all this down to her daughter my mom and it all came to our house and we didn't realize how much she had because she was not one to display them she was you know she she raised kids in the depression and so everything was very orderly and neat and packed away and labeled and you know and all that stuff but it wasn't like out on display so when it all came to our house we kind of went oh okay (laughs) so that just kind of became a thing for my mom and I to do was to kind of categorize and catalog them and do all you know and so I grew up essentially with a house full of antique dolls did you all display them like did you have a room for them we had we didn't display all of them because then it would have been like it would have been weird like (laughs) it would have been upsetting um (laughs) but we had um uh, a spare bedroom that was that was the doll room when did people stay there not really (laughs) could you imagine like spend the night stay in our doll room so you didn't have guests stay in like the spare room often no not often (laughs) we did not but it adjoined my room um because it's it's a 50 ranch house it has you know bedrooms Mm -hmm. jack and jill bathroom yeah so um it adjoined my room the doll room were you afraid of them at all not really i mean no i would have been i would have been terrified maybe maybe a 
a little, but not that much. I mean, there's a couple like to this. There's one that is, you know, it is a bisque and composition doll, but it has a um, a wind up mechanism mm. and it walks. Mm-mm. Right? Mm-mm. and um and and it walks of course very very stiffly no but, like it has definitely like rare 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 i'm gonna rare. need some video of that i by know the way. <laughs> and um and and the eyes like go back oh. and forth it walk or, or it used to i don't know if they still do but like if it was like you know in the wee hours of the morning and i heard like rear 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 i would probably shit but yeah <laughs> but other than that no i was not really worried about it but yeah people do oh my god how do you sleep how do you sleep with those dolls in your house and like, i don't know you just do they're there so i would have been like captivated and amazed but then also like at night i would have been terrified because that yeah. was sort of my mo like i loved dolls and i loved antique dolls and i made my mom buy me doll fancy magazine so I could look at all the fancy dolls and I would have been like so obsessed yet I was also just utterly terrified of dolls so I had like my cabbage patch kids who are my favorites and then I had this Madame Alexander doll that was an Mm -hmm. Alice doll and I loved Alice in Wonderland but for some reason this doll just like during the daytime we were fine but at night I was convinced she was going to come alive and kill me (laughs) like literally thought this because I was afraid she was jealous of my other dolls for me liking them better. Oh, yeah. And people would say, why don't you give her away? Why don't you put her in the closet? I'm like, she'd get mad. Like, I don't want to hurt her feelings. No, 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 no. This, that, no, that argument makes complete sense to me, honestly. And here's, here's the thing. I think if you are a more, like, empathetic kid, mm-hmm. like, you, yeah, you're just like, oh, no. You know, you you're you're sure that yeah that they have feelings have have, oh yeah that they have a life you know besides you well and that's a thing too that I thought was interesting is I you know I read like with both of my children being neurodivergent and I'm pretty sure I am as well and I've been looking at like some adult like meme groups and things and one of them was about like like raise your hand if you were one of those people who thought your toys were going to get their feelings hurt, you know, like that kind of thing, like concerned about inanimate objects, feelings being hurt. And that was totally me. Oh, Oh, I was like, no, I have to wear those shoes. The shoes will be, other shoes will be upset if I don't wear those shoes. Yeah. Oh, oh, see, I'm, I am 100% that girl, the, um, the velveteen rabbit. Mm. Oh my God. That was horrifyingly sad. Oh shit. Too much. especially somebody who like was sick a lot as a kid mm-hmm. like I, I got struck like all the freaking time um I think I actually had uh what does it become scarlet fever thank you um because it because that's what that's what strep becomes a scarlet fever if it goes like untreated I think and um but like I used to get I used to get strep all the time and the idea I was like I'm sorry they're going to to burn his toys because he got sick and i was like oh, are they gonna burn mine I, yeah and i was just horrified yeah and i just i could barely even handle that story yeah it's just sad just a sad oh, story God. to me 
Well, and 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 the and the end, it, it it comes around and it totally, it's a lovely message and everything. It was just that like, oh my god, yeah. You know, but it makes total sense now because I get okay. Well, when the story was written, we didn't have you know wonderful things like antibiotics, and you had yes. to do drastic measures to keep people from dying and that kind of spreading shit. diseases. But yeah, but I'm totally that like, you know. If I see the the stuffed animal in the store flopped over, I'm to pick it up. Oh, I'm gonna set it up. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna feel bad. (laughs) So I I don't know what caused me to be so afraid of my toys, but I really was very afraid of them. And I feel like looking at some of the scary doll movies that I have seen that we can talk about in a bit, Mm -hmm. like maybe I saw trailers for these movies, or I read the VHS box while I was picking something out, or like saw the covers of like zebra paperbacks or something and tormented myself and got these ideas. But I, I just really remember being, and, and I remember kids telling spooky stories about dolls coming alive and like scratching your face off or something. And then being in like a glass box, there was some story in Girl Scouts that they would tell. So I don't know where I got all these ideas to be afraid, but I could tell you. Campfire. Well, and like yeah. sleepover kind of stories. Yeah. You know? The elf on the shelf would have been my biggest fucking nightmare as a child. Like, <laughs> because that would have been confirmation that the things that I was secretly afraid of that I freaking moved. Yeah. Like that I never told my mom and dad that I was afraid of, but I was terrified of. Like having my mom confirm that that was reality and that this doll, this creepy doll was there like spying on me, like that would have fucking like wrecked me. Like, I don't think I would have recovered. They would have had to like cart me away. So thank goodness. Have you seen people do instead of out on the shelf, doll in the hall? Yeah, no, thank you. Um, <laughs> like the Lannister on the banister with the little Tyrion Lannister figurine. I've seen that one. But I like doll. I like the idea of doll. Scary doll in the hall. I could 100%. You have the equipment. Mm-hmm. You could have dolls in the halls and just like team up. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I do have one really strong memory of like being in my bed and like one of my little Cabbage Patch Kid miniatures fell off a shelf and just like sitting in bed with the blankets over my head, just sweating, being afraid to like turn the light on and just sweating and like being terrified so i was a big chicken were you, were you sure it had jumped yeah oh yeah yeah it's coming pretty much <laughs> pretty much it's everything that i feared it's happening now yep here we go this is it <laughs> so in regards to like the catalog of doll movies scary doll movies when i was kind of listing all the things i could think of i did kind of break them up into categories And I was thinking like, there's sort of an evil possessed doll category. And that kind of blends into the idea of like a doll seeking vengeance for its owner or protecting its owner or like acting out like almost like a, like an avatar or an effigy, like acting out their, their wants or their subconscious needs. Oh yeah, for sure. And then that kind of blended into, um, dolls that are just part of the atmosphere being scary. And kind right. of being more like, I mean, sometimes being moving, being creepy, but they didn't actually do anything like, what's the movie with the Harry Potter, the woman in black? Is that what it is? Yes. I was like, thinking that. Yeah. Thinking that because too. those dolls were hella scary in that movie. Yeah, like they scared, they were scary. Like, like the, the old timey windups. Yes. Stuff. Yes. 
and those were legit like I think he got them from a collector to put in the movie or they were some of them were his or something the director or something like that I remember from the commentary track really yeah Yeah, like those were authentic oh yeah no they they looked authentic and they were terrifying they were like scarier than the rest of the movie but they didn't really do anything bad they just moved on their own they were just there for the vibe yeah yeah and it was a terrifying vibe but then you've also got like you know things like annabelle or chucky Mm, evil dolls right where it's is there's it's a conduit for something else Mm -hmm, like a possession right so trying to using that to then get to is like a you know there's from using like the doll as like a placeholder yeah like a human host or something do you find those scary now no i don't either (laughs) i would have when i was little but i don't now i they're fun I, I enjoy them, you know, I, mm-hmm. I would possess doll story, but, <laughs> who doesn't? but, but who, right. Who doesn't, but I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried that I'm going to like walk into my living room one morning and like Annabelle's going to be on my couch. You well, know, Annabelle just looked ridiculous too. Like, I feel like if they had, so the, the real quote unquote, real Annabelle is a Raggedy Ann doll. It's Raggedy Ann. Exactly. Okay. So that's part of it too. Which would have um, been scarier to me than that, like demon looking doll that they had. That's just ridiculous. Like who would have had a doll that looked like that? I know. And, and I think I'm, I'm going to guess, cause I don't know, but I'm, I'm going to guess that part of it, they made that choice was because of the fact that our, our brains do freak out like the closer something looks to like real and isn't that our brains just go nope that's wrong yeah um as my cat is well, raggedy ann would have had that floppy puppet right that's walk. not that's not <laughs> that as my cat just walked right in front of me um it's not gonna trigger that same and i don't think it would be creepy as long no like for a moment, yes, but for like a whole movie, no, it would although be silly. What's, although what's kind of funny though is the thought of a Raggedy Ann being possessed is actually more terrifying. That's what I think because it's Raggedy Ann, it's safe. And like the Raggedy Ann books, they're so cute and they eat like cookies my, off trees. And like <laughs> my entire bedroom was Raggedy Ann. Did you read the books? I read several of them. Yeah. I they loved had cookie the trees. I know. Oh no. My, I, my, um, one wall of my bedroom was a mural that mm-hmm. was Raggedy Ann and Andy. My mom painted it. You know, it was like, it was like their house and like them Aww. looking out. <laughs> I have a Raggedy Ann scratch and sniff book from when I was little still, where there's like this little lost cookie girl. That, God, that rings a bell. I'll have to show it to you sometime. I have the please and thank you book. Aww. Well, I think an evil, I think an evil raggedy hand would have been actually scarier, but maybe it wouldn't right? sustain the movement. I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't have but sustained. I, but I think that's it because I think you, you would have to, for that to be scary, you would have to have had like a good association, association with it first. Whereas I think everybody has that like, that kind of looks real thing. And I think mm-hmm. anybody would be wigged out by the Annabelle. And doll. do little kids know who Raggedy Ann is and even more? Like, is that even a thing? No, they do. Yeah, they do, but yeah. not as much. 
not as much. So like I didn't, I used to think Chucky would be like really scary. And then I saw it at a slumber party in ninth grade. And I was like, oh, this isn't scary. This is like a joke movie. And that yeah. kind of ended that, that fear for me. Yeah. Well, cause it was, it was super campy. Like yeah. Super campy. And I didn't realize that till I actually saw it. And then I was like, oh, okay. Not scary. <laughs> Amusing. Yeah. Um, I, I watched it with my mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that. Um, and then you have like the poltergeist. Love those. She likes campy stuff. I walked into my mom watching, watching uh, Jeepers Creepers one time I came home. She was just sitting there watching sci-fi channel, watching Jeepers Creepers. And I was like, mom, what are you, are you watching Jeepers Creepers? And she's like, yes, this movie's so good. And she was like, so into it. And I'm like, it, it doesn't have a good ending. And she's like, oh, I don't want to watch it anymore. And she turned it off. When I told her the ending, like, wow, it's not, it's not going to end good. It's not going to have a happy ending. See, that doesn't necessarily bother me. And that bothered my have, mom. It, I would have been okay with it. It wouldn't have bothered my mom either. I don't think. Yeah. My mom liked she it. And I said, my, my mom would have liked that one. Yeah, for sure. She was <laughs> like, oh, I don't like that. Um, But then there's, you know, the clown from Poltergeist is like your quintessential evil doll. You mix clown with doll. That thing is like the fucking scariest thing ever. I will never get over being scared of that for like the rest of my life. And the kid's clearly terrified. Yeah, it's just, why did he even have that doll? Because he was probably afraid the doll would kill him if he got rid of it, like me. Right. Can I share with you my my, my clown doll story, actually? Oh, God. So I guess there were lots of things that I didn't express to my parents that I just assumed they knew and mm. about my inner workings and my fears. And my dad was a hoarder and we'd mm -hmm. moved a lot. So we had storage units and we were at the storage unit and he liked to kind of dumpster dive and like look for stuff in the storage unit. And he found this like weird paper mache clown that was like probably from Tijuana. Oh, and, yeah. he, sure, and he sure. insisted on bringing it home. And it was, you know, like maybe like less than 10 inches tall. Okay. And <laughs> the thing was evil looking. It came from a dumpster in a storage facility. It was like the makings of a horror movie. And I kept trying to get oh, rid real. of it. And he would like bring it back. Like he did not understand. That I, was, and I, I just assumed he knew, I don't know. And like, so I would like move it and it would just be back in my room or back on the shelf. Like, like when I thought it, and then I just would like, imagine it like and crawling out of the trash can. Thought, oh, well, she, oh, she left it out here. I'll yeah. No, it was terrifying to me. It was just horrifying. Um, and it like reminds me, it's <laughs> <That's> horrible. <laughs> and I was like afraid of it too it was like being bullied by these like you know this evil clown entity uh -huh. um which my brother finds hilarious and he'll still like print out pictures of clowns and like leave them on my desk at work and things like that no that reminds me actually I remember when we were uh, sorting through sorting through all the dolls and stuff because the, we had lots of complete dolls but then there was also ones that were um <laughs> pieces you know or well, courtney you know, love doll parts uh, yeah i am doll parts yes um <laughs> and uh, and they're you know all wrapped and stuff and i remember like unwrapping one and it was like a clown mm. it was like a composition kind of like a thing and i was all oh hell no and I, I was just like no 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 and i remember like my mom was like oh no we both just went nope nope wrap that back up put it back put it in back. the box never saw it uh -huh. never interfered with its piece we shall not speak of this yeah and it's probably still in my house yeah so have you seen this is another one and this is kind of problematic 
by today's standards, but the trilogy of terror with the Zuni fetish doll. I haven't seen it in a million years. Neither have I, but it's very vivid in my mind. I I had it told to me by like a second grader when I was in second grade. It was one of those things that the very big, scary doll fans in my second grade class. And it's so vicious. It's so vicious and relentless with her, like that little bitey, like, you know, pokey bitey. Just, ugh. Hate that one. And then it doesn't have a necklace that like she's careless with and it comes off and that's why it like attacks her. I think so. There was something about that idea that scares me or scared me. Like the idea of like the necklace. Little could. Yeah. yeah, It's kind of like the gremlin. The gremlin contingency. Like you screw up and that necklace comes off and you're fucked. Like you, you know, you give your mogwai a sip of water and like hell breaks loose. (laughs) And then all hell breaks loose. Yeah. So those were the kind of evil, the main evil dolls that I could think of. Um, that were just pure, like evil or like possessed that kind of thing. I didn't, don't know if you could think of any other ones that were just kind of in that bag, but they're pretty, it seems like kind of simplistic to me. Like they're not very, there's not a lot of room for depth with just an evil doll. They never, well, there's not, uh, there's usually not much backstory Mm -hmm. or there is, but like the backstory is just all bad yeah (laughs) there there's no just not complex yeah because I think there's a backstory to I've only seen one of the Annabelle movies and it was the one with the babysitter and I actually kind of liked it but not because of Annabelle there was just a lot of tension and it was fun to watch right but I think there is a backstory about their daughter dying this couple they were trying to like move her spirit in or something like that right yeah there's a lot there's a lot of that um the there's a lot of the stuff with um like now i can't think of how i want to say it that's okay (laughs) (laughs) it just it's kind of trite like i i don't know i mean like i think that's why it scares like tweens and like teens even maybe not even teens anymore, but it scares like the younger horror group yeah. more than like an older one because the, the backstories are so like traditional ghost story backstory. Right. It's yeah. It's what it, it, exactly. It's more, it's more simple campfire kind of, you know, Yeah. that kind of, yeah, there's not a lot of, yeah, there's not a lot of depth to it. So Dan and I watched Puppet Master last night, the first <gasps> Puppet Master movie, which I had never seen before. I think oh, I'd seen yeah. some of the sequels on sci-fi or something, you know, but I don't think I'd ever seen the original. It was pretty fun. It was yeah. kind of ridiculous, but pretty fun. It is. I mean, it definitely requires a certain suspension of disbelief. Yeah. <laughs> but Dan was like, yeah. why don't they just pick them up and throw them? I'm like, she has an injured leg. She can't. Like, you leave the movie alone i think that would be sort of my first instinct too is just pick it up and fling it um and the big hand guy oh yeah (laughs) she's there with those big hands oh god oh it was so funny um they all have names pinhead that that one's pinhead with the big hands right and then there's screw head or something with the screw no who and- actually has a screw as a head no pin pin 
Hellraiser. Yeah, but I think they call this guy Pinhead too. Oh, do they? I think so, but I'm not, don't quote me on that. And I know there was the leech woman, which was gross. I mean, she took her freaking sweet time getting those leeches out though. I mean, like if he hadn't been tied to the bed and blindfolded, she wouldn't have had a chance. She made gross noises too. They were like gross sex noises. And she was like a sexy doll in her like sexy outfit, like sexing up the man. (laughs) It's just like, yeah. And no questions. Like, what? What? Yeah, I don't know. And then there was like sort of like weird, like Nazi guys. And I think that some of the sequels have to do with like Nazis and stuff. Yes, they do. Yeah. They do. They there's like a whole like origin story. That yeah, with like Egyptian later. spells and I feel yeah, like I watched uh, like I was wild, grading. I recall. Yeah, it was on like Sci-Fi for a marathon, and I probably had it on while I was grading or something for like sure. that. Yeah, it's totally that kind of thing where you're like, what? Okay. Yeah, I didn't know where that one fit in category. It's kind of its own category. It is. But they they kind of cult following as well. Like it's yeah. Got, there's some deep fans <laughs> it's uh, i don't know how that happened. <laughs> yeah i'm not i'm not sure how i feel about that to be honest they're kind of helpers because they will do the job well, of the person it, who's controlling them right well and that's and so i guess that kind of goes back into that category of the thing that does the thing that you can't do yeah right so you know in that case Okay, remind me. Is it the guy? Is it the guy is just sort of like too too old, too feeble, and so he sends? Does he send the dolls to do? No, he knows that the Nazi guys are coming to get the dolls, and he's afraid of what would happen if somebody bad was in control of them. So he shoots himself, so they can't get his secrets. And I think the Um, dolls just hang out in the hotel, and then that magician guy finds out about them and like uses the other magician people to like harvest or harness, not harvest, harness them kind of was what I got. I was very sleepy when we were watching it, but I think that was what, what was going on there. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's it. So So they weren't necessarily evil. They just did the bidding of, they were a tool. Yeah. Yeah. So that brings me to everyone's favorite twilight zone episode. I think it's called the living doll. It is called living doll, but I refer to it as talking Tina. Everybody refers to it, <laughs> which was another third grade, second grade terror. Oh, probably God. started this whole problem that I have. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. So yeah. what do you think of that talking like Tina? My, that was like one of my <laughs> favorite episodes talking Tina. Hell yeah. Isn't it scary? She, she, she's a defender in like a lot of ways. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause that's the whole thing is like the, the, um uh the Vic Tabak character right is like the, Mel? the step the the stepdad yeah right isn't he Mel was he Mel from Mel's diner yes yes yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't remember that was him god we just dated ourselves real hard Mel there. Sharples <laughs> uh, okay <laughs> I was sick a lot I watched a lot of reruns yeah I was just I don't know I just watched a lot of random stuff <laughs> because the 70s yeah uh, but um yeah because that's like the thing is the um 
it's that he's the stepdad and you can tell that like he's you know he's not abusive but you can tell it's heading in that direction Mm -hmm. right and and that's where you know talking tina kind of comes in to be the defender so she's kind of enacting like a subconscious desire to stand up for oneself or like almost like a multiple personality type thing where sometimes there's one personality that comes out as a a protector. Well, I, I think it's just protector because that's the thing. The, um, because remember in that episode, like the little girl is, um, seems very, you know, very innocent and doesn't like understand why he, you know, why like her new dad would be like resentful and stuff of her right mm-hmm. and she's not old enough to like kind of you know pick up on any of that but um but she so i don't think there's but but it's like the doll does mm-hmm. that's what i was thinking kind of like a like when you have and i don't know the, the reality of multiple personality disorder but in movies how they portray it where like you have the innocent personality and then you have the one that's kind of protective of that innocent personality sort of well and then like because you know how like at at the at the end right because you know how it gradually changes and you're like oh god and you and you think it's just um and you think it's just like tina versus the stepdad right Mm -hmm. the two of them but at the very end when the mom like picks up the doll Mm -hmm. like you know he's very clearly um yeah and and she picked the doll and you know and it goes you better be nice to me and you're like oh Oh, no it just put mom on notice yeah and yeah the the little girl did seem so innocent like you didn't catch any of that coming from her whereas like in the x-files episode um chinga which is written by stephen king and chinga actually means something bad in either Spanish or Italian but Stephen King did not know that at the time apparently yeah I, yeah I was <laughs> but it's the doll's name um mm-hmm. did some research on this mm-hmm. she the little girl is also seems kind of possessed in that one or she's troubled yeah There's, yeah so it seems like the doll sort of a conduit mm-hmm. and she wanted more cherries and more cherry <laughs> that was important damn it she did she did and it was a good episode yeah but yeah like in that one yeah she seemed more like she was like the the doll was sort of responding to her and that there was the, that it was kind of like feeding itself you know that there was sort yeah. of like a feedback loop going on yes there. yes Whereas and she, like, with, oh, go ahead. no good i was just gonna say and she, the little girl was creepy too whereas in talking right. tina or the living doll i didn't think the little girl was scary at all just the doll no she's not at all she seems she seems very um like she's just trying to like please her new dad and she doesn't understand why he doesn't love her and da, 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 da. and she doesn't you know mm-hmm. and when like he throws the doll out right and he totally like yanks it away from her and is like totally mean and like and the mom kind of steps up 
but then folds, mm-hmm. you know, and because what the hell is she going to do? You know, it's the 1960s. Yeah. And she was lucky to, lucky to find a guy who would marry a, you know, woman with a kid and blah, 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 blah. And doesn't really stand up for her. Yeah. Right. No one does except for Tina. Except for Tina. So I think that's kind of, I think that's sort of what's happening there at the end is that you can Tina kind of putting mom on notice, like, listen, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you're not going to stand up for, I'm going to stand up for, you know? Yeah. But yeah, you don't know where it comes from. If that, if that's coming from, you know, the girl or just the Twilight Zone. I don't know. Yeah. It's unknown. Um, so I had two, actually three books that I, two short stories and one book I wanted to talk about that have to do with dolls. One of them, I like, it's a, you know, a current book called House of Small Shadows by Adam Neville. Have you ever read anything by Adam Neville? I don't think so. Would, he did The Ritual, the, the book that The Ritual is based on, that Netflix oh, movie. Okay, I think okay, we talked okay. about it. Yes, I've so, seen The Ritual. I have not read the book it's he's really great he's a he's really good I love his writing um House of Small Shadows is about this woman who is an antiques expert and and antique dolls and antique toys Mm -hmm. and she has this like career wrecking situation going on with like a bully at work and she's a very insecure person and she has some mental health problems and she ends up going back home to like a different city from London and working for this antiques guy. And she gets a call to go to this house where this very, very, very famous Victorian like taxidermist lived in this mansion that his niece has been living in. And she has all these antique dolls or it's like a treasure trove. And it would like make their name, their company's name to put all these dolls to auction and put them on exhibit. And so it's a house full of dolls and taxidermy. Yeah. Weird Victorian taxidermy. Oh my. God. And so she has to go out there and the, the woman, the old lady is like a total bitch and she's like really manipulative and crazy. And she basically coerces the woman. I can't even remember her name. She, she's kind of like a very weak, weak willed person because mm-hmm. of like all her issues in life. And she basically kind of coerces and bullies her into staying in the house when she wants to leave. She does not feel good there. It's, it feels bad. It feels like she's in like another dimension or something. And it's in this very out of the way area. And there's all these like dolls everywhere and like taxidermy things. And she takes her to see these like very famous taxidermy displays that like were like based on World War One with like rats. And they're all like, <laughs> it's like crazy. And like these like, like, whole display cases and like these weird doll creatures that have like animal heads that were in these like morality plays that were filmed that like connect with this like weird stuff in some of his other books and basically she's just being like terrorized in this house and all she wants to do is catalog the stuff and leave right and she just can't like no matter what she does she just can't seem to leave the house and like get out of there and it it turns into some kind of like folk horror type like weird shit and like, I don't know that the dolls, there's some parts where the dolls kind of seem like they're alive and they're scary, but there's right. other parts where it's all just the atmosphere 
mm-hmm. of the dolls that's creepy. And it, I've heard people complain about the main character doing, making dumb decisions, but she is kind of like a mentally damaged person. So it kind of explains that. And like the ending was a bit I mean, confusing. Like a character that's kind of broken. I think it's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I really love this book. Like I would read, I've read it a couple of times. Like I'll pick it up and read just a script. The descriptions were so creepy and so weird. And like, you feel so bad for her and you want her just to leave. Uh-huh. Like just get the fuck in your car and go, like get out of there. What are you doing? And she just stays because she wants to help her career. And like, she doesn't want to let the guy down that she works for. And like, mm-hmm. it's just a big mess, but it's, it's really cool. Like the descriptions of all the dolls and everything. So that's the house of um, small shadows. And then the other two that kind of fit in that zone are these two stories I read from this book when I was little called the silent playmate, which is this anthology. And I shared a picture of it on our Instagram, but it was an anthology of doll stories edited by Naomi Lewis. And the first one is called rag bag. And it is a book about a little girl who has these dolls and she loves them. And her favorites rag bag, which is like her kind of messy frumpy rag doll. Okay. And they have a happy little family, her and her dolls playing. And then this fairy child comes out of the woods and like demands, demands things from her and like demands a doll. And so she tries, she's a really nice little girl and she tries to make a doll out of like a clothes pin. And oh, then yeah. she, then her doll, then the fairy girl comes back and is like demanding like earrings for her doll and like a purse for the doll. So Carol, the little girl tries to like, you know, give this girl, this fairy child, what she wants. And right. then, then the fairy demands rag bag because she's like rag bag. I want rag bag. She's special to you. She's the best one. What and so she takes with fairies. Why are they so <laughs> grabastic? I don't know, but she steals the, um, she, she makes, takes rag bag away. Oh. And like the little girl eventually does get like rag bag kind of is smart and like is, is sentient and like manages to come back and like mm-hmm. tricks the fairy and like gets away but I think it was the first time I'd ever heard of fairies being like that type of fairy, like English folklore fairy, as opposed to like Tinkerbell, who wasn't very nice. I'll give you Tinkerbell kind of was a horrible bitch, but, yeah. um, but she, but she's like, she's like spunky. Yeah. You know? She's cute. This she's, is like, this is like a evil, weird, otherworldly fairy that like wants to steal your stuff and that you're scared uh-huh, of that no, comes creeps out of the woods at you. Exactly. No, there's a lot of stories where fairies are just dicks. Yeah. Well, this is one of them. I'm trying to find it so I can show you the picture. Cause it's just like the illustration kind of sealed it for me. So that was one. I mean, the, the doll was very good in this one. She's very loving and everybody wants her and she's like the best doll ever. So it's not really a scary doll, but it is a sentient doll and uh-huh. it did creep me out. And then the other one is called Gertrude's human or Gertrude's child. And it's about this doll that was like abused by her, her owner. And she runs away and she lives in an area where she's like surrounded by like other sentient dolls. And she goes into a shop and buys a human. (laughs) And then she gets like really bored with her human and treats her human like crap. This poor little girl treats Uh her like crap and like throws her out in the yard and like gives her a tablecloth to wear and like basically treats her, treats her the way that like kids treat dolls. Sure and like pokes her and like (laughs) it's just horrible she's like really mean to this human girl and then eventually she feels guilty about it and she decides to take care of her human and be nice to her human and like learns her lesson 
but just reading about this doll, like abusing this child and like neglecting it or leaving her out in the yard and everything like really freaked me out when I was little. Oh yeah, no. I, and the pictures I were scary. So this is the, yeah. take a look at this. Can you see it? Oh yeah. That's the fairy that tried to steal rag bag. And um, she looks scary. <laughs> Here's the other one. I hate this picture. My cat's looking at it. Like, imagine that coming to you and trying to steal your doll. Yeah, no. No, thank you. I think they I use a trick. I don't trick. picture fairies with, like, long noses. <laughs> Apparently, this illustrator did. Hmm. She looks more like a goblin. Yeah. Of sorts. Yeah. So it wasn't the doll that really scared me in that story, but it was a creepy story. And then Gertrude's child always made me feel really uncomfortable. And, like, she's a little wooden doll, and she was, like, poking and giving the girl bruises and, like, just... And then she's not, she decides to be nice to her. And there's like dogs that like, they have a party and there's like uh -huh. dogs that show up and they're like, you need to be nicer to your human. And like, I don't know. It freaked me out. Yeah. That would freak me out. Yeah. No. Mm -mm. Freaky, freaky, freaky. No, right out. <laughs> Is there any doll movies that you can think of to throw into the mix here? So the one that I was thinking of was, um, this one, it's an, early-ish James Wan movie called Dead Silence. Yeah, seen that one. Yes, this is, um, and again, it's, you know, it's, it's not like dolls, dolls per se, it's ventriloquism. So uh, puppets are here, creepy. Question right there too, because I noticed that all through the movie where they keep calling, they keep referring to them as dolls. Do you, do you think doll and like dummy are interchangeable would you refer i mean to me they're kind of separate things i think they're like adjacent like yeah deeply adjacent <laughs> you can be deeply they're adjacent I don't yeah know. they're very close but i think they're like subcategories yeah. maybe yeah because i mean <laughs> Because like, if someone says like, oh, I collect dolls, I am not going to assume that they have any kind of ventriloquist dummy in their collection. I don't yeah. know. Whereas if somebody says they collect ventriloquist dummies, I'm not going to assume that they have dolls, you know, that they have like China and Bisque and stuff like that. I'm also never going to look at that collection because that's terrifying. I think it's dummies are scary because they live in that little box. They're always in like a suitcase, like a little coffin or something. It, okay, exactly. And 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 that's the thing. Maybe that's part of it too. And I think that maybe is part of the 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 creepy. So so in Dead Silence, right? So this is two thousand seven. In this came out. So it's an early-ish James Wan, and it, it's. It's not terrible. It's not wonderful. It's not terrible. It's it's campy, you know. Mm -hmm. It's it's campy, um, and you know you've got your sort of classic haunted New England town, right? Or it's town under a curse, right? And the the curse is because of this woman Mary Shaw, right? And of course you're not supposed to say her name because that's bad luck and all that, and um. It, like you get the sort of backstory on the the town and you find out that it was 
had sort of its heyday during like the vaudeville era you know it was mm-hmm. sort of one of these like um upstate new york not like the poconos but you know what i mean just kind of like a little maybe getaway town kind of thing like that back when people did stuff like that you know like in dirty when- dancing right <laughs> you know just like the resort little- where you're gonna have entertainment exactly so it's like a little town that's kind of you know you get the idea sort of built on that and whatever and they have like this cool little theater really the theater is probably the the best reason to watch the movie because who doesn't love like a haunted theater i mean it's a pretty i remember the theater being pretty creepy yeah that that you're like oh well okay this is this is what makes it good um (laughs) and so this woman is you know sort of what's put the town on the map and she's this ventriloquist right and um the the main she has all of these different dolls or dummies or whatever but the main one that she uses in her act is called billy right and she refers to him as her son Uh and this is this is kind of i think where it goes sort of sideways <laughs> because the um, like when you the, when you you know how you were talking about like with the like ancient Greece right and there's you know you have your doll and then you get to this certain age and then you would sacrifice your doll because you were going to enter into womanhood or whatever right and there's the idea of like uh, that question of when when you know when is it creepy when does it become creepy mm-hmm. at what age does having many dolls become creepy and so and so in this movie right in in dead silence so the this woman mary shaw she has no children right so she's a childless woman she lives alone she's totally independent right she's an artist she doesn't give a fuck about whatever else right and um but you you already get that feeling that because she she's not she's she's like an older woman but like she's never been married she's never had any of her own kids and but but she's you get this idea that like her dolls are like a substitute for her children mm-hmm. right and that's where you kind of go okay and and you know but people like love the act and and whatever and it's all and it's all good and people you know the town does really well people come see her act and da, da, da. and then there's you know of course you have a flashback scene to where like here's where it all, here's where it all went south. And, you know, they flash back to a, um, a performance, you know, back in, back in the day. And, um, and there's some like asshole kid in the audience who heckles her, right? Says he can see her mouth moving, all that kind of stuff, you know, and she, and she does this like really trippy thing where you're like, where there's like, you're like, how did you do that kind of a thing? And just shuts that shit down right on with the show. But um, but then that kid disappears, right? 
So the townspeople put two and two together, decide clearly she's evil, right? And, and she's the, a and witch. The, she's a witch. Yeah, burn her anyway. Um, and yeah, so they put it to, and and it's that thing where you're like, what the, you know? And that's and that's where I go. Oh, okay, so they they kind of put together like. Well, she is this, you know, she is a child woman, but she has all these puppets and this kid, you know, went missing. Therefore, it must be her. <laughs> right. And so, you know, the town goes all pitchforky and, you know, whatever. And they, <laughs> and they, um, and it's like a lynch mob, right? And they go and they, they kill, they kill her, ripping her tongue out, right? They silence her you know because she's a ventriloquist whatever and um and then so you've got this whole sort of like revenge story right so ever then she you know ever since then she haunts the town in general but in particular like the families the descendants of the families who you know made up the the lynch mob so it's kind of a typical revenge story right and you know that like she's close because everything goes dead silent you know hence the title like super quiet like quieter than it should be that sort of like have i gone deaf quiet and then you know she emerges out of you know nowhere or whatever and the whole thing is that if you scream which of course you're going to scream because it's absolutely silent and this horrible you know old hag comes screaming at your face the whole idea is that if you scream, then she, you know, grabs your tongue and rips it out and you die the same way, right? It's horrible. Fun times. It's good times, right? And like, and if you kind of left it there, it would kind of be a great little revenge story, right? Mm -hmm. Where that's kind of like, you know, because she's getting, you know, she's getting revenge for the fact that like they misjudged her right because they um you know because they made all these assumptions about her based on the fact that she didn't fit the mold right that she didn't have children that she didn't you know that she did have you know this occupation she was like a craftsman and an artist she made all of these dolls and stuff so you know, I could see, like, if they had just sort of left it like that, like where she is sort of on the up and up and they just totally misjudged her, then it would be like a cooler story. Sort of like a semi-modernization of like the Blair Witch backstory or like the tooth, the darkness falls tooth fairy, witch lady backstory, you know, like, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, where like the town screwed up and you know what, they really deserved what they had come to, you know, cause they, yeah, they mm -hmm. did her wrong. Yeah. And, and I want it to be that, but then no, um, <laughs> no, they can't. Um, I remember the ending. Right. So then, you know, and, and I don't know why they did this cause it was totally unnecessary, but you find out that, that, that kid that went missing all those years ago, that they blamed, you know, they blamed her for his disappearance. Well, they were right. She absolutely killed him. Did she try to make him into a, you know, a puppet? Absolutely. She did. Right. She's a total monster <laughs> and everybody was right to suspect her. And that's where I go. Why? Why did lost opportunity? <laughs> Why did we have to do that? Why couldn't we just, why couldn't we just leave her characters just kind of like this badass, 
you know, why not just this like avenging spirit thing? I don't know. Yeah. I just remember like, I guess we should probably put a spoiler warning maybe before <laughs> we'll add one in, oh, okay. but I mean, really how long ago this movie is like 20 years old. That's true. I know. Right. Um, exactly. Spoiler for the 20 year old movie. Um, right. I just remember Amber Valletta like uh-huh. being in it and just being like in the ending and like, just sort of being like, huh, huh. Okay. Yeah, and and <laughs> Donnie Wahlberg's whole part needs yeah, to go. I forgot that was him. Oh my God. And the long, like, you know, like hard boiled detective here. Yeah. He's like, why? Well, I think you killed your wife. And we all know that, like, the dummy, you know, the dog yeah. The long neck. And, and your <laughs> long, neck, long neck. What's your face? Laura Reagan. Is that her name? I don't know. I don't know. I remember like, her from his, whole, some his whole part. Like, I could go without i'm like no cop has ever followed a suspect this hard you know it's no it's real and like some of the writings like real bad maybe if the guy in saw about the doctor (laughs) that would explain it because it's lee winnell and james wan there we go remember he was like obsessed with it being dr carrie always um (laughs) so it's just so it's that like and there's know, a puppet in that one too and i think that they call that puppet billy the puppet like behind the scenes do they they act like they do like when they're talking about it oh like the same way like in in jaws the shark was bruised yeah 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 got you got you got yeah you. i i watched a lot like of credited that way yeah i think he's called billy the puppet formally they like gave him a name mm-hmm I've watched a lot of director's commentary tracks for things. Yeah, it yeah. used to be when I would get DVDs, that would be like, I'd watch the movie and then I'd watch the, the commentary track right afterwards. That is kind of fun. Because the thing is, is like, I love horror, but a lot of horror movies as a whole aren't very good. No. And, and you, as a horror fan, learn to love the movies for the parts that are good. Oh, absolutely. Right? You like, have so- to, have to compartmentalize. So sure. I like would watch the commentary because I would want to know like what, what they were thinking because oftentimes and i Uh find this with wes craven especially that what he was thinking was much scarier than what ended up on the screen like his ideas were much scarier than what actually showed up and for whatever reason i don't know he seemed like a a very sweet man so i don't want to say a lot of that has to do with the movie tech the technology Mm -hmm. Um, not you know not always being up to obviously the imagination yeah well that the one example and this has nothing to do with dolls but is a nightmare on elm street when freddie has those big long arms so that that concept is terrifying to me but how it Uh looked on screen didn't look that good Uh uh-huh but the idea of it scared me and i know it works for other people because i've heard people talking about it but when i see it on screen it looks clumsy and like like too too practical but then if they used Oh, see, it still gives me the wig. Yeah, but the, the like, idea of it definitely does. Like, yeah, that whole, the proportions you were mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Why is that such a trigger? I don't know. It is though. It's why Alice in Wonderland creeps people out too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Doesn't creep me out, but it creeps others out. It kind of creeps me out, but that's why I like it. Creeps the normals out. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm, I'm notorious for my Alice love. So um, I cannot let a conversation about scary dolls in horror go by without bringing up Stuart Gordon's dolls naturally uh, which mm. I don't you hadn't seen I've but you should see it 
Yeah. Because it's amazing. It's definitely campy, cheesy, Mm -hmm. ridiculous, but it is like so much fun. Nice. And there's like this annoying little girl and this like weird child man. And I feel like weird child man. (laughs) Like if you watched it and it was made today, there would be definitely this like weird feeling like, is is he a pedophile? But he's not. And it doesn't come out Mm -hmm. that way at all. Like there's no like you don't feel that when you watch it. It's very innocent. Yeah. Um, for a movie about dolls that murder people, it's very sweet <laughs> and innocent. Yeah. And it's got like that whole, like, like, if you believe in the wonders of childhood, the dolls won't hurt you. Um, it's very fairy tale like It's ridiculous. You have to see it. It's okay. like, I don't even know what else to say about it. Like, yeah, it's just, it's just fun and scary if you're a little kid that's scared of dolls. But if you're an adult, you'd probably just laugh, but it's pretty yeah. cool. I would definitely recommend watching it. Your kids might get a kick out of it. Is this one that has by any chance, has this been done on, um, dang it, Joe Bob Briggs? I don't last, know. I started to Is watch that, him. That seems like that would be right up there. But he he was like ranting about things that he didn't like that were politically correct in some episode. And I just was like, eh, eh. so I never really wa- got into him. <laughs> like, I was like, mm, I don't know about this guy. Is he yeah. worth watching? Should I watch him? Yeah, well, we used to watch him back in the day before they did like the reboot. We used to uh-huh. watch um, some Joe Bob every once in a while. And it's fun. Like if you like Mystery Science Theater 3000. I love Mystery Science Theater. Then it's... It, it's of yeah of a similar vein but yeah i guess kind of edgier because yeah more like you know more like tell you about but um but it also does tell you like a ton of crap about the movies and the director all right we'll give it a shot this person is going to be a choice for this and you know all sorts of stuff i love like alternative casts that didn't happen that's my favorite Oh yeah, no, he always does that stuff. So, so if you like that kind of stuff, then you would like. Yeah, yeah I'll watch him. Totally. You have to watch dolls though. No, I'm I trying know. to think of anything I could even say about dolls other than there's like this scary old house and oh, there's like a punch, like a punch doll. Like those punch are, and Judy. yeah, those always freak me out. Those are um, freaky. They're weird. Yeah. There's a cool Instagram account I follow that has like a doll that he like they take pictures of it in, like the forest and stuff. <laughs> like watching or looking at his pictures we used to uh we used to know somebody that uh from college that uh he and his roommates had there they had this funky ass house that they and there were stairs and like on the landing of the stairs there was just a pile of random ass barbie dolls and mm. we used to just call it the Bay of the dolls uh-huh you know, and people would randomly like steal them during parties and stuff like that. And then like, you know, send them pictures of them in random places and shit like that. That was weird, but fun. I had a house on my block in Berkeley where they had like 80 billion Aunt Jemima syrup bottles on the porch. That's my only comparable story. <laughs> it was kind of creepy. Just the syrup bottles. Mm-hmm. Just tons of them on their porch. Like, like empty empty out, cleaned out no labels yeah that just were like, like the, the the shape yes yeah just all over their porch and I, I wasn't living in a student neighborhood I was living closer to Oakland like further yeah. away from campus so I don't know what the deal was with that. I just kind of 
stayed to my apartment. Trying to think what you would even repurpose those for. Decorating your porch. Yeah. Being creepy. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I'll never that know. Was, I'll never yeah, know. That was definitely um, one of our better um, one of our better haunted houses that we did. We had we involved some dolls. Definitely we had dolls like, you know, Barbies like hanging down and stuff, you know, where people had to walk through. Yeah. Um, it's it seems like a really cool Halloween costume too. Like the girl in House of a Thousand Corpses, how they dress her kind of like a, a like a doll almost at the end. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that costume is a pretty scary one, I think. Yeah. Like a cracked porcelain doll would be a good Halloween costume. Yes. One um actually a former student of mine uh did uh, posted that um I don't know, it was a couple years ago at Halloween had like the white contacts and was totally had like Ooh. the makeup done like a yeah, like a cracked doll and it was awesome. Like to do that. That'd be cool. Yeah. I'd look like a mom doll though, I think at this point. Yeah, she, <laughs> maybe she, like tiny, you know. Yeah. And, as I'll be the mom doll. It's decided, fine. My cat has decided to headbutt my microphone. So, should we close up the episode? Yeah. Okay. Wait, what that, are we going to do next time? I don't know. What would be a good topic? To uh, think about oh, it. You know what though? We should do. Wait. We should. We should probably do. And we can edit that. Out. So, what's our? What's our? What have we learned? What's our? What's our takeaway? Oh. What have we learned? Have we what learned have we learned? That I'm not as scared of dolls as I used to be. And I think that epiphany I had of them, the reason why they might be scary somewhat is that they're female oriented and it has maybe has something to do with the, the, the female like witchiness. Honestly, I think there is part of that where it's like, it's like, this is girl magic. Yeah. (laughs) A little bit like that's, I mean, I can't, I definitely know it's the uncanny Valley archetype being flipped stuff, but I do think there is something about that. And doing that little mini dive into doll history that I did um, kind of cements that. It's interesting. I think it's that sort of thing that's like, because, yeah, because dolls are associated with girls and women and it's that sort of like, there's shit here we we don't understand. Yeah. (laughs) There's there's things that that they just know we don't. We're just going to lump that all in there. And I think maybe maybe that kind of goes with that. And like the uh, giving up of the dolls when you're going to get married and have your like practical life as a wife and child, like the ancient Greek wife and mother, you know, mm-hmm. you give up your, your magic of your childhood for that in a way. And right. the, the dolls were supposedly based on goddesses. So they weren't like mommy dolls or baby dolls, really. Yeah. They were like power dolls. They were like goddess action figures. <laughs> right. And then you had to give that up. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, that's weak sauce. Yeah. That's why we keep our dolls. Mine are all right? boxes. Right. <laughs> no, I think I'll be keeping that. Thank you very much. Well, and that's, yeah, that's the other thing. That was the other thing that I kind of, I think that's what I like then are the, the stories where it's kind of taking that and turning it on its head, you know, and mm-hmm. just kind of going, <laughs> oh yeah, well take that. You're going to be mean to me, stepdad take that exactly exactly you're gonna push my mom around well i'm gonna make you trip down the stairs or you know whatever 
or or just whatever you know whatever it is that like don't tell me what I can and can't do yeah and I'm surprised at like how unscary like a demon doll is to me I know the scarier things are like the things that come from the human mind or like what the what humans need as opposed to like the demon doll right yeah yeah. so it's interesting because of that what do you want to talk about next week I don't know what is one of our let me look at my list of possible because you well we can we can figure that out later but um we will be back Mm -hmm. hopefully with improved sound quality Mm -hmm. and (laughs) and with a cat i don't have a cat so it'll have to be our mascot and yeah, you can find us at on Instagram, Season of the Witch Podcast. And for right now, that's all we have for socials, but maybe we'll get some more stuff going soon. We can add so, some socials. We can. Please uh, give us a, a kindly rating, be gentle. And <laughs> <laughs> we will be back probably in a week or so, week and a half maybe, to share another long-winded conversation about our favorite horror genres and subgenres and all things spooky and all things spooky